Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's most prominent media, we'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Experts Podcast and uh, welcome back, Lana Hill. Thank you, Nick Hayes. Welcome back to you. Thank you very much. I love coming back <laughs> and I'll be back every week. What a comeback. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Hey, um, has, uh, have you been, I mean, obviously the uh, US election yes. is, is done and dusted. And I think one of the things that you notice very quickly uh, is bias. I know. Yes. An incredible lens. Did you, you know, know bias is everywhere though. It is. It's, it it's, is. Sometimes we, we talk about biases as if it's something new, but it, it's been around. And I thought, what better yeah. to get one of Australia's leading bias and diversity experts on the podcast. Her name is Bronwyn Williams. Welcome, Bronwyn. Welcome and happy. I'm so glad to be here. It's wonderful to have you, Bron, and I, I love this topic because it's one that's very close to my heart, particularly because at Media Stable, we are a defender of media. We are a defender of communications. We are a defender because not that it needs defence, but a lot of people will throw around the idea, ah, oh, that media, it's just bias. Yeah. It's just positioned in a way that, you know, they're always going to be left. They're always going to be right. Bronwyn, talk to me a little bit about your expertise being a bias and diversity expert. Where does this sit? Where does it come from? And where do you sit when it comes to bias? Well, first of all, bias is a human condition. It is something that all of us have almost as part of our psychological DNA. It is very much part of how we think, a part of the way that we think. Um, our biases all form when we're very young, generally um, like childhood, in our youth, and they are shaped by the influence of our family, our particular culture or subculture, uh, like I grew up in a conservative Christian tradition. That influenced the way I thought not everybody uh, in my generation grew up in that subculture, but that's influenced how I think. Uh, it's also our race, um, our gender, so many things um, developed biases in it, and they're just ways that we think. Largely they're unconscious, and we make decisions based on those biases often totally unaware that we're being influenced by them because we're thinking we're making quite objective decisions. But bias, bias in itself, it's not a negative thing. It's portrayed in a lot yeah. of the ways as a negative exactly. um, approach. But bias, as you just said there, Bron, is something, it's your upbringing. It's who you are. It's what you are as a, an, an entity. It's, it's got to be a good thing. I actually think that's a really good distinction to make. Bias in and of itself has no moral value. It's neither good nor bad. It just is. Mm. However, it's what we do with that. It's when we say, I'm not biased, and yet we're making decisions that are hurtful to ourselves or to others. That's when bias, I see, it comes, shows itself in a negative way. Like, you know, I'm here in Melbourne. 
We've all got our biases around our footy teams. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yes, we do. I go for Geelong, you know, Brian. Who do you go for, Brian? Well, I'm, I'm a Carlton. Oh. I'm a Carlton girl. wonder you've got bias over there. <laughs> Crikey. Carlton supporter, but it doesn't get any better here. I'm a North Melbourne supporter. So well, I'd... there you go. There you go. So so three of us, we each have a bias towards our team. Nothing wrong with that. However, if I say, as a Carlton supporter, all uh, North Melbourne supporters are cheap, that's a bi- that's a negative bias. Oh, you couldn't. Uh, you're, not, you're not too far from con- the truth, either. But, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm but I think you understand what I'm saying. It's when we uh, we apply a moral value or a moral attribute mm. to somebody based on their culture, their what they look like, their weight, their age, their gender. You know, it, that's when it's our bias is it shows itself in a negative way. It's really hurtful. It's hurting us and it's hurting other people. So, Bronwyn, how if, if you mention sometimes or often it's unconscious, you know, the lens, this lens that we sort of view the world through, mm. how do we go about being more conscious of it and being more aware of it and perhaps making, you know, better decisions rather than um, perhaps biased, um, biased or, or negative, negative decisions? The very first thing is to actually admit that we could be biased. Like, just open the door just a tad because the moment you start to admit I probably have biases, you then see start to see your actions and your decisions in a different light. It's like when you buy um, a new red car, you start to see red cars yeah. everywhere. This is the same with, with bias. As you're starting to become aware of it, your, it's like your eyes get opened and you go, oh, in question, because that's the next thing. So you've got awareness, and then it's the questions that you ask yourself. Why do I do that? Why do I always think? I'll give you a classic. I was raised in a quite a strong Protestant family. My sister and I both wanted to get our ears pierced. Mum would not let us because only Catholic girls got their ears pierced. Oh, wow. Now, and of course, both of us have got pieces, you know, we did that <laughs> as adults. You know, for, for us, that bias had absolutely no value. We didn't care whether people were Catholic or Protestant. But for my mum, being raised in the sort of the line of people that she was, that was actually a really clear distinction. And having your ears pierced actually was a physical distinction. And I don't think she would have ever questioned that. Fascinating. But yeah, it is fascinating. And it's like, who cares whether you get your ears or not? It has no moral value. But behind it lays something else. It is. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think, you know, being aware of your bias or not and actually looking mm. back and reflecting back on the decisions that you've made and why you came to making those decisions, I think it is that inward looking and trying to understand yourself um, and yeah. if you are more aware and if you are more conscious of this, um, can you make better decisions, Bronwyn? Is, it, is that what we are wanting to do, be more conscious around our bias so that we can make decisions, better decisions, or is it just so that we understand why we're making them? I think it's both. Mm. I, I think, you know, I, I've always been a fairly self-reflective person, which is probably why I've got into what I'm doing now. That's part of the deal that goes with it. But... I see that learning to understand yourself is one of the best things we can do with our life. 
There's so many other things we can do that are outward. But this inward journey is really good. And we get a lifetime to understand ourselves. So that certainly is the first one. I think the, the second is definitely around our decision making. And I'm, I'm not even sure whether I want to use the word better, but I think different decisions that as I've, I've used the word hurtful a number of times mm. because we do make sometimes the decisions that we make inadvertently hurt other people, but they also come back to bite us and they hurt us. So it's that sense of making um, healthier, probably healthier is a better word than better, you know, a healthier decision, things that won't be hurtful to others and won't be hurtful to ourselves. I love that. I really do love that, Lana, because it is, if when we do understand that, I think we can, I know I use the word better, but healthier is a much better choice yeah. there. I think it is a better choice in that um, we understand why we did it and also to the effect that it might have on others. Bronwyn, I want to sw- switch it around a little because I think, you know, I, I said from the outset around media and uh, the media stable yeah. and myself being a defender of media in many cases for the fact that bias, and we've all heard Donald Trump's fake news and there is political there is bias when it comes to the political parties, particularly in the US, but not just in the US, mm. it is global. You know, we, we know that media is bias. Yeah. There is not many entities out there that wouldn't be biased in some form because they are a combination of all what they represent and what they bring and what they've brought forward from historical yeah. right through to the today. But I just want to talk to you about bias because – this is, this is something that was always fascinating for me growing up. I'm originally a Victorian as well. Um, okay. I, I grew up with the, the, the Herald Sun and The Age, mm-hmm. and the people that read The Age were far more intelligent, and the Herald Sun people were probably the more working class. And here yep. I used to say, I used to read The Age. I remember it as a young man, you know, saying I read The Age all the time, which wasn't really true. I went straight to the sports pages of the Herald Sun. But I said it. <laughs> I said it publicly and I said it to people because I wanted a perception or at least them to think of me as being in that sort of space. But that's the bias, isn't it, there that is kicking in that is making me say things that are not necessarily true. It certainly is. And, look, I think your categorisation between readers is reasonably accurate. However, when we say that readers of the age who may well be more intelligent, but if we add, again, a moral value to that, does more intelligent mean that you make better decisions? Mm. Does being more intelligent make you a better person? Very true. (laughs) You know, it's that sort sort of thing. Like, um, that's certainly something that I actually addressed quite early on in my life because I am a reasonably intellectual person person did well at school and I realised I had this um, a, bit, a bit of intellectual snobbery that came out of, out of that in my early 20s and I've had to work intentionally, I want to say work hard intentionally uh, around keeping that at bay because I had no, I can't take any credit for my intelligence, part of my genetic code. But it doesn't make me a better person than someone who has less innate intelligence, but is a good person, has a kind heart, contributes to society. So, yeah, I think it's about 
seeing the whole picture. And I think that's why I do the work with science. I want people to see the whole picture. I think it's such a good point, Bronwyn, about remaining open-minded, you know, like you can, whether whether you, you know, really sort of intellectually gifted or, or whether you're perhaps gifted in a different way, I think the point is remaining open-minded and, yes, acknowledging the bias you may have but realising there's always another way of viewing a situation or, you know, another argument, another side of the coin that could be presented. So, Bronwyn, I wanted to ask, you know, how does this play out in, in the business world? You know, obviously there's so many different ways that we see it, whether it's in the media, in business, in our personal lives. But I wanted to ask you specifically about business and, and you know, what you see are the major issues in Australian businesses. Sure. One of the, one of the main things I see is ha- as over the last, say, 70 years, like when my mum had to leave work when she got married because married women didn't work in the Commonwealth Bank in those days because they were going to be taking the job from a, from a married man who had to look after his family. Wow. So we've come a long way in 70 years. However, there, the systems and structures that are in place in most corporate and even you know medium-sized businesses are based around the needs of men. And I'm, this is not a man-hating uh, conversation I'm trying to have. No. Thank you, heavens, Bronwyn. I, I was, I know, I I was know. getting a little oh. nervous there. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to make, I suppose, make a critique of our structures. Like it's quite natural that the structures in business are there to uh, privilege men because, hello, men have been in business for millennia. Like that's what they've been doing and it's only been recently that women have moved into that space. So the structures favour men. So in terms of promotion, um, the gaps that women have because of the need to do childcare, it's in those systems and structures that change needs to come Mm. so that people of both genders have a fair chance of promotion. I used to say to my boys, Fair doesn't mean equal, and I think that's one of the things we've got to get past, that a pathway for a man, pathway for a woman might look quite different, as it may be that a pathway for a white Australian and a pathway for an Indigenous Australian also may look different, or a pathway for a migrant to our country, because everybody has their own strengths, weaknesses, challenges and hurdles. And if you've only got one structure, one pathway designed for one group of people, you are disadvantaged in the lot. But it's when we can see that and see the unconscious bias underneath that, it's only then that we can start to make change. I That's hear, awesome. I see this all the time. And, you know, Bron, when the, the one thing, and particularly with the family structure and, and the way that it's built, uh, when my boys, for instance, at, at primary school, if they were to have an accident or if something went wrong, the first person they call is not me. They ring their yeah. mother. Now, they ring their mother. Her mother is a, is a full-time teacher where I'm a part-time media guy. No, I'm a full-time <laughs> yeah. media guy, but, but I'm, I'm probably mm. the most flexible. Lots, yeah. I'm yeah. also, too, one of the most – I mean, I don't like to – you know, I'm as active a parent as my wife is. We, yeah. we, we chose very yeah. carefully mm. – uh, when we went into this arrangement, 
family arrangement. Uh, we, 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 <laughs> conscious parenting. We, we, we went into yes. conscious parenting. We yeah. decided that you know we would be 50-50 because we wanted both our boys to, to go. Love Mum that. and dad yeah. had a, a big part and a big role to play. But every single time. If, and it's you know it's, it happens really, but the first person they call is the mother, yep, and then they call yep. the father, and I, and it's got to the point where my boys actually when they're sitting there with the with the the, the teacher, there's ring my dad first, please. Mum mum hardly picks up the phone; she's working, and dad really yeah. works. Um, <laughs> but half your luck, but he's always at, in podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> but, but this. Is, <laughs> but this is the bias that is out there. Yeah. And, mm. and these are the decisions. So I, I hear very – and this this also falls into it, Bronwyn, the, the glass ceiling there for females and yeah. female executives as towards their heading. How are we going to change that, Bronwyn? This is the key. I mean, we've been talking about it a lot. This talk can also be very cheap. How do we change this? How are you seeing this change in the, in, in, in the years to come? Yeah. Well, what I'm observing, and I've observed it in a couple of like major corporations, uh, where the first thing they've done is to try to uh, address gender parity in the workplace. So they've worked, had an intentional program to ensure that there were equal men and women all the way up the hierarchical structure in a, in a, in a corporation. And then once they got there, it was like, okay, what's the next step? They didn't try to do everything in one go. Mm. And the next step is then to perhaps uh, address racial um, discrimination or disparity. You know, uh, do we just have white executives or have we got, um, are we allow, uh, developing pathways so that people from different racial backgrounds are also being able to make their way through uh, that pathway, given that the pathway was set in place for white males because that's the ones who are doing business. So, yeah, it's then about, okay, where where are the stoppages? And I always recommend to people that they ask the next question. So when you're, if you're in leadership and you've made a decision about promotions or you know, a change to a structure, it's an, like... Well, what's the next question I need to ask? Who, who is this decision going to hurt if I make this decision? Who is this decision actually overlooked? Mm. Like, we will never get to the point, I think, where we can help everybody with a single decision. But the more we ask those questions, the better we will get at having a fair and just workplace so that everybody has the opportunity to progress, to move into leadership if they choose. I just love what you said before, Bronwyn, about fair doesn't mean equal. That really hit oh. me hard. What It was, yeah, just so simple, but it's so true because it, be, making things exactly the same on both sides doesn't me- mean it's fair, and particularly in terms of women in business and child rearing yep. and all those fun things women get to do, it's, um, it is about making it fair Hang rather than equal. some of us men are doing some child rearing as well. Well, uh, sorry, you're right, Nick. I we mean, child bearing. We may not be able to produce them yet, <laughs> but when we work out how to do it, we will be coming back. <laughs> but so that's the thing. Like, I think Nick raised a really important question there, and I get this sort of comment fed back to me a few times from men. And it's not about the, yeah, but what about men, you know, arguments. It's actually a legitimate thing that our systems are, you know, even in our schools, 
senior colleague called the mother. Yeah. They have been in place for such a long time because, yeah. you know, back in my mum's generation, she was at home. If kid was sick, certainly you didn't call dad who was working in the bank. You called mum. Now, those systems are still there. And they do disadvantage men as well. That's why I'm saying this is not about me throwing grenades at blokes or, you know, a male-dominated industry. It's about saying, how do we make this fair for everybody? Love it. There's a young fellow by the name of Michael Ray who is a a, a dad who is raising a daughter. Great story. It is a great story because it it, it comes up every now and then and you see, you know, obviously the bias that is against fathers in raising children. And I, I really, I love his fight. I yep. love the way that he raises awareness around that. And look, I don't want to make it all about males as well, because obviously, you know, let's face it, it has been a male-dominated patriarchal society for a long, long time. And, you know, it's time. It's it's time to be yeah. more diverse and, uh, and, and let out some of that bias. Bronwyn, we're running out of time, but I really want to roll through around the bias uh, chat that you do have in the media what has been yes. your ex- experiences with the media? How, is, how has media embraced it? And I, I dare say sometimes the conversations must get quite in-depth because even media, I think, would struggle with this conversation mm. sometimes because whether they're consciously biased or unconsciously biased, it'd be a real, it'd be a real wakener for, for, for many media. Yes, that's exactly right. And it really does depend on a couple of things. I have found that often community radio is much more open to having this discussion because they're talking about issues that impact their community. Yes. And they're not looking for sound you know, sound grabs. They're not looking for the controversial, even though talking about bias, which often talks about gender uh, issues and racial problems. Yes. So I found actually community radio to be much more welcoming of this conversation um, some of the more commercial radio stations I found to be quite confrontational and um, almost aggressive mm-hmm. towards the work that I'm doing. And I've, I had one um, radio person say to me, aren't you just projecting your own biases onto other people? Now, that to me was a good question. Because it, you know, it gives you pause for thought each time somebody says something like that. But what it was doing was deflecting the situation away from the, the main issue. Because this particular person said quite categorically that they weren't biased and they certainly weren't racist. And so that they in themselves were finding the whole conversation confrontational. So, so yeah, it so, really depends on who you talk to. So that that is them getting quite defensive and yeah. obviously questioning, by them questioning you is probably them actually acknowledging the fact that they are in their approach. That's bias. right. That's right. Oh, and they they I, I have a funny feeling it. I know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to name names. No, you won't, you won't name names. But you've, you've, had a, you've had some broad radio experience. I think, you know, the, yes. it does come – where I, th- I can see TV, us embracing this, but it is, it's got to be a tough question for media to deal with. And I, I came out from, the, I, like I said from the outset, I feel like sometimes I have to come and defend media and its bias, but mm. I don't necessarily have to do so because I've, I'm very much stating from the very outset, all media is bias. Now that's, yeah. that's media, whether it's radio, television, print, online, but let's talk about social media bias there, yeah. there Bronwyn, because... 
I, I, I don't think there's necessarily bias. I just think it's unfiltered. There is no filter. There is no... Well, no, it is filtered because particularly on, if you think about Instagram, uh, Facebook, it's curated based on on the types of accounts that you engage with. So then the big owners of Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, are they They're feeding biased? into your bias, Nikkei. So they're feeding <laughs> off my bias. They're reading off what I'm saying. Yeah, they're showing you more of what you want to see. Ah, there we go. There's the answer. They're reinforcing your bias. Bronwyn, how do we how do we deal with that? Because of social media, let's face it, it's not disappearing, it's not going away. And if they're just feeding my bias, they're just basically making my well, not necessarily a problem and not necessarily a negative thing, but they're making me live in this little bubble yes. where I can't develop, where I can't grow. Very homogenous little lane. Oh, what a little bubble it is too, Lane. <laughs> don't, don't, and, and Bronwyn, don't ever enter my bubble. It's a weird and well, unusual I place. Won't, or maybe I won't burst your bubble. <laughs> uh, I, what I find is it depends on the platform that you're on. Yeah. For, uh, say, a platform like LinkedIn, which is much more focused on business, I find the arguments and the interactions to be much more reasoned and there's a sense of let's deal with each other as intelligent human beings. Yeah. I find Facebook to be a bit more wild, wild west. <laughs> um, I, only because people, again, it's that sense of being unfiltered. It's like I, I can just say anything I like. Now, in terms of the algorithm, mm. um, particularly on Facebook, you know, like I, I bought, I had an online wine membership for three months. Every second ad on my Facebook yeah. is, is wine. So there's, I think there's a sense that way, um, and I know certainly over, like I've been involved with Facebook now for 11 years, and I know my feed has changed significantly I don't sometimes I go through ch- like whole times where I don't see anything actually from the physical people that I know and then I see a lot so um, but I agree I think we have to take charge like we can't change the algorithm and I know there's lots of people out there who talk about the algorithms for various platforms and how to utilize them and that's good but I think it comes back to us as intentional intelligent human beings and I've done this during this COVID time, particularly particularly being in Melbourne, when I didn't want certain things on my feed, I intentionally separated myself um, away from those particular people. Whether that you see that as feeding into the bubble or for me it was I actually want to keep my sanity here. Um, but I think, we've, well, I think we still have some control. Yes, we I love, do. I love that. I, and I bet you were blocking the tin hip. Tin Hat Brigade there, Bronwyn, weren't you? You were blocking all the naysayers, um, the negative yes, nannies. Yes, that's quite true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Gosh, that's another conversation <laughs> completely. It, it is, it is, isn't it? And there, there's a bit of bias going on there, a bit of bias uh, being projected. Hey, Bronwyn, if there was a piece of advice you could give to someone who's breaking through to the media, and mm. from your experience, I mean, um, I think this chat is the chat that needs to be continuing on. Definitely. Uh, and I think that the awareness around it is is something there that um, I think media will embrace. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a chat with you off air about that particular yeah. media person that was a little bit uh, questioning. I, like I said, I think I do suspect who it might be, but you know what? It needs to continue. We need to keep it's challenging done. it. And I think, you know, it's a fight. It's a fight that's worth fighting for. 
because I think that the more that we're aware, the more intelligent and the more intelligent interpretations we can come up with. And that, and that can only be a good thing, Lana. Yeah, intelligent and compassionate, you know, and tolerant. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, you know, just, um, yeah, making, making more respectful and inclusive choices. Now, Bronwyn, a bit, of advice for someone, a bit of advice for someone coming through. So your experience with media, what would you tell someone out there if, if they're, they're looking to work with media, what, what advice would Bronwyn Williams give them? Number one, don't take it personally. <laughs> Great one. <laughs> because it, it feels very personal. You've been, you know, you've put something out there, a radio person has called you up, and often, particularly, say, with my work, which, you know, it lends itself to a little bit of controversy. They're wanting to pick a fight, but to put it nicely sometimes. But it's actually not them having, really trying to put me down. It's just that the topic is a cause for good conversation. So, yeah, don't take it personally. And I think the other, second thing is to, to know your audience, and that takes time. Um, as I said, now I now know if I'm uh, contacted by, say, um, a larger station with uh, mainstream media, I, I have an idea now of the types of questions that I will get and the types of attitude towards the work that I'm doing. Whereas, as I said, with community radio, it's a, it's a different feel. So I think it, it's about just doing it enough so that you know, start to know the types of audiences that you'll be dealing with and whether you're going to be getting a confrontational interview yeah. or a collaborative interview. It's such a good point, Bronwyn. Yeah, great I, tip. And I think that the and there's something here for everyone. Mm. If, you've, if you're ever worried about that or if you're ever concerned, it doesn't hurt to ask. And when you're asking, mm. that, when you're talking to the producer or, or even the presenter, if they're the ones that have approached, what line do you want to take with this? And, you know, where yeah. where are you looking to go with this? Because I can, I can give you whatever you're looking for, uh, but I'll give it in my special style. Yeah, and I think it's oh. and when you walk into those uh, opportunities, knowing that you know it, there might be some bias there, there might be some confrontation there, then oh. you can at least best you know give your best response. I love that. I think it's a great it's a great yeah. tip for everyone. Great. Well, Bronwyn, thank look, you. thank you for joining us on the Experts Podcast. If people want to get in contact with you, how do we do it? Best way is through email. So that's info at bronwilliams.com. Beautiful. Well, Bronwyn Williams, a uh, bias and diversity expert, Lana. Gee, I, I like it. I love this conversation. Oh, I loved it. I'm taking I'm taking that wonderful quote, fair doesn't always mean equal or fair doesn't mean equal away with me. I'm going to tell my children. It's wonderful. May the conversation continue. <laughs> Let's keep it going, uh, Bronwyn. Well done. And uh, right. look, if you're, look, you. if you're looking forward to, to another expert or to another media person, stay tuned for the Experts Podcast. Hey, tell someone about the Experts Podcast. And if you've got someone out there that we should be interviewing, let us know. Go to mediastable.com.au. We look forward to having your company next week when we're right back on for the Experts Podcast. You have been listening to the Experts Podcast powered by Media Stable. To get in touch with the team, head to the Media Stable website, mediastable.com.au.